Welcome to Amajin's podcast, the podcast that brings you thought-provoking discussions and captivating stories from around the world. I'm your host, Captain P, with my fellow co-hosts, Tina and Joe. On this show, we explore a wide range of topics from technology and sport to art, culture, and everything in between. Our goal is to inform, entertain, and inspire you, our amazing listeners. So whether you're driving, working out, or just relaxing at home, grab your favorite beverage, sit back, and let's dive into the captivating world of Amajin's podcast. Always make sure to subscribe and review the show on your favorite podcast platform. And don't forget to follow us on social media, on our Facebook page at Amajin's Podcast for the latest updates, also on our YouTube channel at Amajin's Podcast. Thank you for joining us. And let's get started. How are you, gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of Amagent's podcast. And how has been your week? Uh, the week has been great. How have you been? Good to hear your voice, Tina. How are you, Joe? Seeing that big smile. Fantastic. I'm doing very well. How are you, Captain? No, I'm good. I'm good, man. I'm good. Now, welcome, gentlemen. Let's have some fun. Uh, this is going to be a fun episode. We'll navigate through a few things. Uh, we'll go through some African geopolitics. We'll talk about some sport, the sporting events from the past weekend, and also we'll go to the topic everyone has been waiting for, <laughs> which we are now in our <laughs> first episode. So, to, to start off, let's start off with something a bit fun and light. I guess you all watched the boxing match or you heard news about the Terence Crawford and Errol, sponsor, Errol Spence Jr. fight. That was a good fight. TKO in the ninth round. Three knockdowns of Errol Spence. Um, I did send the highlights in, in our group chat. Uh, what are your thoughts about the fight, uh, Joe? Oh, the fight was uh, heavily charged and I felt like Terence was quite uh, one of those undisputed because of his speed and accuracy. Ah, uh, man, that uh, that guy was in trouble. Uh, Terence well, is, is on fire. Yeah, man, you know, Terence, uh, you know, 40 and 0 now. Uh, Undisputed in two different weight classes, holding four belts. Um, and I think something about the you know WBO when a WBO champion is is there, I think it's it's a it's a better championship division or a belt division. Uh, in my perspective, you've got Tyson Fury, who's the WBO heavyweight. Terence Crawford was the WBO uh, champion. He had only had one belt, and yeah, and looking at the other trends. You know, with all the resistance between Tyson Fury, Alexandra, you seek to sign, you'd feel WO heavyweight fighters or champions appear to be much more better. Tinas, did you enjoy the fight? Enjoy the highlights? If I, did, I, I didn't get to uh, watch uh, the fight, but I only got um, into it like towards the end. So I did manage to see the knockout yeah. and all of that. 
But who was that guy he was arguing with? Uh, there's a time when he knocked this guy down. I think it was the second knock. Uh, and then he was arguing with somebody in the background, in the in the crowd. Oh, yeah, I think he was talking to another boxer. I think there were some people underrating him. Some uh, media personalities were underrating Terry Crawford. Uh, but, man, he's one hell, one hell of a boxer, man. <laughs> yeah, for his has... size, man, the punchy packs, man. <laughs> Errol Spence was like a beetroot. His face was like a beetroot by the sec- <laughs> end of second round, man. <laughs> he, he kept coming back, man. <laughs> no, well, you got you got him because you want to win. <laughs> you got him, man. Like, look, you look. It was for all the marbles in boxing, you know, in their weight class division to be called undisputed champion. So he was fighting. Like, you have to give Errol Spence, you know, benefit of the doubt. Um, you know, he's a fighter. He, he stood up three times, but the ref had to stop it. I thought the ref should have stopped it in the seventh round, but I, I think the ref didn't want to be the highlight of the of the topic of discussion. He just wanted to make sure the guy's to, uh, Errol Spence is totally obliterated <laughs> before he raised the hands and said, "No, no, 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 <laughs> we can't continue in this fight." <laughs> what what is the what is the purse worth in this uh, in this match? Do you guys know? No, I didn't have a look at the purse, uh, but we can we can investigate into that, or we can get our listeners to put that on their comments you know, on a YouTube, you know, uh, yeah. YouTube channel. They can put their comments there on our Facebook page. They can put comments even on our Twitter. They can put comments uh, of what the Aero Spence uh, uh, Trans Crossfoot fight was. So all our handles are Ama Gents Podcast on all these social media platforms on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter at Ama Gents Podcast. And I also found it interesting uh, before we go uh, um, that uh, he came in with uh, with uh, Eminem on that song uh, "Lose Yourself." Yeah, I think that was a very good, uh, uh, you know, intro into the match. And uh, I, I, I remember thinking to myself, "Hmm, if you lose, <laughs> that's going to be something." Yeah, but you said, <laughs> "I said I've only got one shot. I've only yeah. got one shot." Yeah, he took yeah. that one shot, man. He was the smaller man. Yes, uh, Errol Spence was the bigger fighter, but you couldn't see that man the way Errol Spence was being pounded. And again, it was South Pole versus South Pole. Yeah. Um, and you know, oof, the just the defense. I mean, it was it was an ambush. One of my mates was texting me whilst we were watching the fight. Yeah, he lives <laughs> in He was like, "This is an ambush." He's an <laughs> He loves boxing more than I do. And I told him, I texted him, I said. Crawford is going to win, right? <laughs> yeah, beyond doubt. <laughs> and it was a good win, man. It was it was a good win. Um, anything else in the in the world of sports? Well, let's not talk football. If you guys did talk football, mind you, has been losing three straight preseason losses. <laughs> so let's not talk football right now. I, I think the only the only thing worth talking about football right now is, is Saudi Arabia, brother. Yeah, uh, and to note, uh, uh, you know, we're looking at. Uh, I was looking at a, at a post that was on Instagram. Um, two of last year's Ballon d'Or um, finalists, uh, obviously Benzema took that, um, and uh, Sadio Mane came in second. They're all now both playing for playing in Saudi Arabia. Yeah. What do you think about that? Yeah, uh, yeah, Saudi Arabia is coming up, and I was reading this article uh, from a Liverpool supporter, you know, <laughs> talking about wearing the Liverpool kit and uh, being proud. Uh, but very soon, people are going to be wearing uh, this uh, pro Saudi Arabia pro team kit <laughs> and be proud. And on our match fix fixtures, 
on our TVs and everything, we will have Saudi Arabia Pro League as one of our, <laughs> you know, I, I think you remember, you remember what I said in our the production meeting that you, you never know, maybe the next six months we might have a couple of shows out in Saudi when the Pro League is going. And we can oh, talk definitely. about the, how Saudi League, how the Saudi environment is. It might be a trip made, you know, worth making to go to the Saudi and experience the Saudi League and see how it's going. But yeah, as you were saying, Benzema, Sadio Mane, number one and two, last year's Ballon d'Or, they've moved to Saudi Arabia. You know, not only them, some will say, oh, they're past, they're prime now, but you've got younger players um, like Ruben Neves, who's now entering his prime in the midfield of Portugal. And he's, he's also a start of the Portugal national team. You've got Riyad Mahrez, who has offered a new contract on Man City. He turned that down. He's yeah. going to Saudi Arabia. So, look, as we said in episode one, uh, kudos to the Saudi League. Let them do what they're doing. We encourage, you know, different leagues to, to spread out. Not everyone should focus on the European leagues, uh, but also have these other leagues which can give opportunities to other players from, you know, our the third world countries, from Africa, from South America. They can go to the Saudi League. They can earn good money, not only focusing on the European European market, yeah, definitely, definitely. A lot of a lot of these guys are playing. Uh, who went to Saudi Arabia? Were playing for they're playing mainstream football, you know. A lot of them came from um, obviously um, the Premiership. It's, it's it's quite interesting. And one of the guys is um, what is what is the issue with Henderson? What is what is uh, what is going on there? He ruffled a few feathers, eh? <laughs> Don't get me started. Look at the Liverpool <laughs> man. He's about to mute himself again. <laughs> so Jordan Henderson, of course, everyone has got, you know, their ideologies, whatever they want to support, the causes they want to support. Yeah. He used to wear, you know, uh, the rainbow armband. Um, again, everyone is allowed to do what they want. We are not agnostic in oh, yeah. anything in all our discussions here. Uh, but as he's moving to Saudi Arabia, we know it's an Islam country. You know, they don't, it's against the law there. And they had to gray out one of his pictures with the rainbow flag armband. Oh, okay. okay. So that's quite you, interesting. So as I said, so if you are part of that cause, is, is money that important to you that you would forsake a cause which you stood out? And he was one of the leading spokesmen for the, you know, the rainbow flag, the LGBT, LGBT community. Um, but is money that important that you have to sacrifice all that, what you've been advocating, what you've been, uh, to some, they might say you've been shoving down our throats. We want to watch football. We don't want to see any flags. We don't want to see any agendas in our football pitch. We just want to see you playing football and going home. But now you're going to take millions of dollars and go to a country which totally bans it. What's your take on that? Well, wow. standards. <laughs> Say that again. Double, double what? standards. That's double standards at the highest level. Well, I guess when you when the money's there, brother, when you're looking at the the money, because I think um the article I was reading was uh, he'll be he starts to win uh, um to earn something close to seven hundred thousand pounds a week. So that's that's quite substantial. But if your cause is more important and you believe that uh, a certain particular group of uh, people, individuals are oppressed and you go to a place where it's not allowed, there's no freedom to, to express that way. Brother, when it comes to the money. The man, so that's the hypocrisy. So rather than 
uh, these footballers shoving it down our throats when us we just want to watch football. Let them do it in their own pastime. If you want to wear that down Oxford Street in London, go and wear that. Don't wear it on the football pitch. Keep it separate if you want to keep it separate, if that's what you're saying. It, there is a lot of pressure. So sometimes people, they do it just as a virtue signaling. But deep down, they don't really subscribe to that. But because they don't want the backlash that comes with it. For failing to support. Yes, the cause. But if push comes to show, like for example, when money speaks, you know, this is big money, boys. When money speaks, you throw that cause out through the window faster <laughs> than that can. <laughs> uh, it's all about 700,000 pounds a week, my that's gosh. A lot of money, man. Yeah, so yeah, I would look, denounce I, anything there. Yeah, so that's why I'm saying that if you are part of a cause, it's either you say, I don't want to take the money for where a particular group, particular individuals, particular whatever, uh, are being oppressed. I won't take that money because I believe in this cause. So you don't really believe in the cause. You were just scared to be canceled. You were scared to be deplatformed. You were scared to be ridiculed. That's the yes. true nature of it. You don't really be subscribed to it. You don't really care about gentlemen, what's happening. Gentlemen, we're talking about money. <laughs> this guy is, is going to be, I'm reading an article, this guy is going to be um, the highest paid British player in the world. Yeah. No, 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 no one is disputing. You remember last week I said, I'm happy that the Saudi league is doing it. But yes. what I'm just saying is that uh, Jordan Henderson, he was one of the people at the forefront of the particular cause we were talking about, which is not allowed in Saudi Arabia, right? Yeah. But now he's taken money from the Saudis, right? He, we can say it's a business decision. He's setting himself up for life. Yeah. Good on him. He's worked hard for it. All the nine months where you have to train hard, maybe don't spend time with your family every night. Good on him. All the best to him. But... To me, in my own personal opinion, it's a bit hypocritical where you pushed the cause, you were one of the main leaders, and you allowed, when you were being unveiled, that particular armband, which you were wearing with so much pride, as they say it's pride, it was grayed out, and you still accepted the money. Yeah, brother. I've, I've, it's called jumping ship, man. It's called jumping ship. <laughs> So yeah. Uh, so it just goes to show that um, he, he was on the bandwagon just for for whatever reasons uh, we don't know. Uh, but as soon as um, there are the interests elsewhere, of course he's gonna he jumped ship and and you know realigned what uh, he thought was the best position um, for his life. And <laughs> I don't blame him um, because uh, at the end of the day, um, you you got you gotta get paid, brother. You gotta yeah, get paid. You, you gotta do what's best for you and your family. Um, yeah. You as yourself as an individual uh, and your family. And as I said, all we are talking about is if you say you support a particular cause, even if the money is that extensive, yes, stick to your cause. But if you don't, just say no. I'm not gonna wear this armband. I, I support them. Let them live their life. But I'm not gonna wear that armband. I'll wear normal captain's armband. He yeah. could have done that. Yeah. For example, you see, 
I can support the cause, but this is an opportunity cost. Oh. You know? Yeah. If I let this opportunity go, supporting this cause will not even bring a, a one dime. a hundredth of that opportunity. Yeah. Look, yeah, we are, we are in all some sort of agreement. Uh, I don't particularly agree with you guys because you're saying that money will trump everything. So you, your cause, if you've got a cause, if money comes and it's opposite your cause, basically what you're saying, Tina's and Joe, you will take the offer. <laughs> if it cross the threshold of the money that can make me cross uh, a offer or uh, jump ship, yes, I will. Okay. Yeah. Look, uh, the question is, I think the question is, is he a part of this or is he not? Because if he's not, then he's just applying for other people's causes. And um, the honest truth is, if, if it's not your true cause, like you're just supporting, then you're bound to jump ship and say, listen, guys, I was supporting you, but uh, where I am now, I need to focus on me. <laughs> and you jump <laughs> ship. <laughs> Man. <laughs> to all our amazing listeners, you hit these two gentlemen. <laughs> they can support you to some point. But if someone comes with a better offer, they'll go for that better offer. So sure. <laughs> leave your comments. Yeah, leave your comments on our socials. <laughs> leave your comments on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter. What are your thoughts? Would you remain for your cause, even if the money is so astronomical? Will that change your perception? Will you be? Will you accept uh, another region's beliefs and ideologies, which we all say respect other people's beliefs and ideologies? Would you yeah. accept that? So let us know in the comments. Let us know how you feel. So yeah, no, that was interesting. That sports discussion. We could have continued veering in that direction, isn't it? Now we have to <laughs> veer to our other direction now. We'll talk about the coup in, Niger in Niger. Yeah. Right? Lots of things happening in the last 24 to 48 hours. Um, Germany has pulled out its aid, mm -hmm. according to a news article on DW, uh, which is obviously the German government mouthpiece okay. um, and their national network. Um, also, what we were sent through in the production meeting by Tina's about the generals in is it Mali and Burkina Faso. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, giving a bit of a veiled threat to ECOWAS, um, obviously, which is, you know, the region in that Western African uh, region area. Um, and also, so let's get more, let's get a deeper discussion into this uh, Niger issue. Why is there so much uh, consternation <laughs> around the world for Niger? Because a lot of people would not know Niger. A lot of people would know Nigeria, of course. Uh, through football, uh, music, Af you know, the Afro beats and all that stuff. So let's talk about Niger at the moment. Joe, what are your thoughts? Um, <clears throat> firstly, uh, I still have a few questions why this uh, coup actually happened in the first place. Mm -hmm. uh, because uh, Niger, uh. do they have any oil? Uh I'm not sure about oil. <clears throat> well, most of those countries end up having something, uh, but I think I think it's more on the side of uh, influence rather than um, um, rather than about the natural resources. Because I was reading something that was saying um, um, 
um, Niger was now the the base of operations for for France's uh, push on, on this anti uh, jihadist operations. Um, the, after having been kicked out of Mali and Burkina Faso, so they were kicked out of there and then and went to Mali and then based themselves there. And then um, a lot of people in in in, <clears throat> in that country then began to feel like the you know the the president there was um um was um uh, what's the word uh was um um please the word just ran away from it but basically was supporting western um uh, forces western allies, yeah. western allies basically yes he was yeah so that's what that's one of the main reasons why Is it because the u.s sorry go on joe Oh, so I'm saying, is it because uh, the U.S. built their air base in Niger and uh, and the France, you know, one article was saying that there is about 1,500 troops in uh, Niger. Uh, is it for for that, uh, you know, anti-terrorist uh, program or? Yeah, so the, the, what they're saying is that uh, France and the U.S. Uh, put in, bases in there because of insurgencies which is happening um, they say that in niger you've got uh, groups such as al-qaeda and um, other affiliates and boko haram operating in the country uh, and that influence is growing uh, because of that sahel region i think at the start of this discussion we talked about the sahel region we can elaborate a bit more with that region mm -hmm. from Mauritania all the way to Sudan. It's a whole strip um, just underneath the Sahara Desert and just above Nigeria and Cameroon where it stretches all that from Mauritania, as I said, to Sudan. And Niger is right in the middle, right in the middle of trade between Algeria, Libya, to the north, and then obviously to your oh, west okay. you've got Sida. So, so Niger is strategic, it's yes. a strategic position for any chatter, any you know, information which is happening. Niger is very critical. And obviously, there's another article from the conversation uh, which we're having, is that the US even in 2019 set up a drone based there, based yeah. there for their drones. So um a lot of what the military who ended up doing the coup or the presidential guard is saying that there's a lot of foreign influence in the country. So now we don't know if, is it foreign influence which is coming from the West and now they want to focus from foreign influence from the East. <laughs> a very interesting thing I was also reading um, on Wikipedia. There's a page um, on Wikipedia about this and it's saying uh, at the same time, Along with with anti-French sentiment, a current a current of thought favorable to the entry of Russian influence and the Wagner Group mercenary company began to grow. Russia, through Wagner, has been gaining ground in French on the French in the region, following the latest coups in Mali and Burkina Faso. So, if if you if you saw that video that I was showing you guys, um, these this Burkina Faso and Mali are openly supporting Russia and Russia's um, um, you know influence in Africa, basing it on what Russia has done for Africa in the past. Because as we all know, most or most countries that um, had um, um, that fought colonialism 
were backed by Russia, uh, Zimbabwe, Mozambique um, at some point. Um, and um, I think Tanzania, uh, was it Tanzania or was it Malawi as well? Um, so that history with um, with Africa, uh, I think is, is, is now gaining momentum. Um, and um, we should say, you know, France in that region has not done a very good job of um, actually um, helping those countries grow in, they have actually taken away money uh, from those from those countries uh, and actually boosted the economy using those countries' money. And I think I think uh, most of these were, st- were still using monies that are printed in France. Can you believe it? Yeah. So uh, an article from uh, yeah, the BBC yeah, still, uh, they dated, also borrow money oh, from. Go ahead, Joe. Sorry. No, I'm saying a money is printed in France and any money that or any revenue that comes out of those countries uh, is reserved in uh, in France. And if they need any money to do any development, they have to borrow from France and pay back with interest, borrowing their own money. So France has not been uh, kind to these countries. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and according to a BBC article uh, dated the 1st of August, 2023, it says Niger hosts a military base. So it hosts a military, French military base. It hosts, you know, the uh, USA drone base. And it is the world's seventh biggest producer of uranium. The fuel is vital for nuclear power with a quarter of it going to Europe, especially former colonial power France, right? Since uh, General uh, Chiani overthrew the president in a coup on 26 July, Russian colors have suddenly appeared on the streets. (laughs) So you see, the outcry is a bigger geopolitical issue. Yes. So the, the this this coup is actually a bigger geopolitical issue, a battle of <laughs> bigger entities <laughs> who are who are facing because it says that um, also it's it's got petrol Niger, and also it's got gold as well in there. Oh, that's interesting, brother. Mm-hmm. So those are very very interesting. So if it- a, one article in the Vox is saying that uh, on Sunday, the, the ECOWAS leaders, the, they've been pressuring uh, Gianni, the military leader, to release uh, President Mohammed Bazoum. So he, I wanted to sort of understand uh, what could be causing the ECOWAS countries to pressure the military leaders to release this guy is it because they're getting too much pressure from the western countries because of the interests uh probably man probably because probably. i think the two countries which are backing um niger who are backing the um you know military leaders is uh Burkina faso and mali and both of those were suspended from ecowas so if you look at the list of ECOWAS countries, you've yes. got Benin, Burkina Faso, Cape Verde, Gambia, Ghana, uh, Guinea-Bissau, Ivory Coast, Liberia, Nigeria, Senegal, Sierra Leone, and Togo. All those are pretty much pro-West countries. Hmm. I think generally there's just a growing um, 
um, uh, you know, bitterness from African countries towards um, colonial um, powers, as it were, because, like you said, they they haven't really been kind on 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 on, on Africans. They they colonize them, and uh, at the end of the day, they they, they expect uh, the very same countries that they colonize to pay them large amounts of money. Um, uh, I, I remember even in situ, uh, like in, for example, Zimbabwe had what uh, they call a legacy debt, which was still being paid uh, to the UK's ye- years after um, after the the independence. So you find a lot of African, not even African countries, a lot of countries uh, in the third world have, have this issue. And a lot of these leaders have, have begun speaking up, um, you know, even the guy from Kenya, the president from Kenya was also speaking up um, um, against uh, these guys. I'm forgetting what um, what meeting they had gone to. Um, and I mean, there's just a lot to talk about. Like these guys, you remember, the, was, it the, was it the Queen's funeral? These guys were, <laughs> were sitting in a bus. You know, but when when these presidents come to our countries, um, they, they you know they're given luxury cars. So I mean, just more tickets. Exactly, just that little, um, you know, sentiments uh, have just not been you know shared um, by these colonial powers as well. Mm-hmm. And I think back to Joe's uh, question about President Bazoum, who was ousted. Um, there was, uh, according to the uh, an article in the theconversation.com, they said the first debate was one about his ethnicity and legitimacy uh, during the last election campaign that Bazoum is from Niger's ethnic Arab minority and has been labeled as having foreign origins. <laughs> That's one of the reasons which they are giving. <laughs> and this did not sit well with the military circle, which is predominantly composed of larger ethnic groups, even though Bazoum got about 56% of the vote. So now they talk about ethnicity at this stage, but this guy, and I think in our production meeting when we raised some of these facts, uh, Tina's was like, why are they talking about ethnicity now if this guy won yeah. 56%? Yeah, the I mean, they, they, these people obviously knew uh, who he was way before the election was done, so why is it an issue now that he's won? Why, why are we raising that? And it's I think a lot of times when you start hearing things about ethnicity or um um you know where, where where one person comes from and all that there's definitely uh influence from other people and they're just looking for a foothold to 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 to, to stabilize their um to, to to get their what you call their their agenda um uh, on the road and in the background there are things that are happening that we might never understand um but for what everybody can see and understand um, they, they want to talk about something that that is common to everybody, if I could say. So something like, oh, he's not part of us because he's from there. Everybody knows. Oh, so if you're coming from that area, so definitely you, you know you could be somebody who um, uh, you know who is not part of us or whatever it is. But the fact that he people voted for him when they knew who he is and where he came from, I don't see what the problem is now. Yeah, yeah. because further on in that article, they say there's a lot of emphasis on the ethnic military composition in the country. Understanding this helped the former president, um, Isofu, 
complete two terms as presidents. Appointments in the military are made along ethnic lines. <laughs> Again, that's one thing which keeps us as Africans a bit backward, isn't it? <laughs> it's no, know, but is it is it some, is it is it us though? Look, uh, I'm just talking from an African standpoint. There's a lot of this ethnic thing. Uh, one tribe has to be in leadership, has to have the key positions. Uh, I think that holds us back. The best qualified person needs to be there. I think also in some other Middle Eastern countries, it's the same thing. A particular, uh, you know, sect or a particular, you know, group of ethnic background should be in leadership, and it holds us back. It should be the best qualified person uh, who's in leadership positions. But going back to Basum, we can continue. Joe, you wanted to say something? No, no, no. I wanted to add on to what you were talking about. Uh, uh, in terms of uh, leadership by merit. Mm. Uh, unfortunately, in uh, most situations, especially in uh, Central African countries, because of the resources that uh, a lot of uh, foreign uh, players are eyeing for those resources, mm. the people who end up in leadership are placed by those foreign interests so that they safeguard their interest within that machine. There so, you go. Uh, no matter how democratic it might be appearing, but they are foreign entities, foreign powers, foreign corporates that are actually uh, pulling the strings. Exactly. To that uh, you know, leader in place, despite uh, him or her not having the merit of being in that position. Do you guys know how much France makes from them being the main powerhouse, uh, colonial power in, in, in West Africa, in largely West Africa, they, they make about um, 9.5 billion euros. Wow. That's a lot of money on just making it simply because you, you're a colonial power. We're not even talking about uh, what they, they make from business ventures and things like that. This is just simply by gaining back monies that uh, taking back money is that uh, this um, that, that they say these countries owe. It's crazy. It's crazy, man. It's crazy. So, um, you know, to our listeners, as I said, this is a fluid situation. It's something which uh, commenced from the 26th of July. Um, so it's a fluid situation. Uh, we'll continue to monitor Niger politics. It's very interesting um, in a geopolitical landscape as we have all these things happening around the world. Um, the influence extension of the influence of uh, Russia as it wants to extend itself into other regions. So let's watch this space. Let's watch how it goes. Leave your comments. Leave your thoughts uh, again on our YouTube, uh, Facebook, on our Twitter pages. And let us know what your, what your thoughts are about. So still staying in Africa, let's talk about the election in Zimbabwe. Three weeks to go. Oh, that one is an intense one, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's a tricky situation, brother. Tricky, tricky if one, one. All of us have got our strong opinions about that. But what I'll say, I think it is now uh, a pivotal election for a generation for Zimbabwe. Um, people need to make a, a, a proper decision. Whether you support the ruling party, whether you support the opposition, that's your choice. That's your choice in the ballot box. Uh, but I think people need to make the right choice uh, for the benefit of the country. 
Um, so, you know, what are your thoughts? As I said, we are politically agnostic. We won't tell you which party to vote for, which party to support. Uh, we're trying to bring to our listeners, we're trying to engage and bring some of the major players in the lead up to the election. They'll come and talk to us, have a chat about their thoughts um, of the country, what their manifesto is, what's the vision of the country. Uh, but one thing I'll raise is um, with the main opposition party, um, I think there should be room for criticism and they should people shouldn't take that criticism as a slight. I think that's what we've seen, that we're trying to centralize everything uh, on, uh, on one individual. They are as the opposition party. Uh, looking at uh, ZANU, the ruling party, they've had rallies where they've brought in former people, whether it's all political, that's their choice, but it's embodying a lot of people in the course. Uh, again, with the opposition, they've just done, it's, it's looking at a, as a one-man show, a mm -hmm. one-man band, but I believe in maybe in the last three weeks they can try be more inclusive and bring others people in their leadership team to show up and show out their you know collective uh, skills collective strategies collective vision for the future of the country so that people can make the choice whether they are pro ruling party or pro opposition it's people's choice at the end of the day but everyone should show their best foot forward what do you say gentlemen yeah i'm, I'm kind of i don't know if i should say disappointed or but uh, I, I feel like the opposition hasn't really done a good job um, when it comes to, you know, if we look at it from different facets, first and foremost, they they haven't been unified. Um, we all know what ZANU-PF is capable of doing. The least uh, thing that you could want to do is to unify any sort of, um, any sort of support that you can get to oppose what they're trying to do. Um, so they, they failed to do that. Um, there's been a lot of factionalism, a lot of, um, you know, breakaway parties and things like that. And that's not a very good thing because that's, that, that divides the electorate. Um, and the other thing is, um, for the main opposition, he hasn't really had, um, the best narrative when it comes to, um, the, 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 the message. He, they, they don't even have a manifesto. They, they're just saying, guys, support us because we're the popular guys. Um, they don't even have a manifesto that would then speak about what the party's intentions are or what, you know, that's, um, for me, that's a... Even, 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 even the issue of the selection process, and uh, selection process was centralized in one location. And look at what the decision which was made by the courts in Bunaweo, where candidates are not allowed to be eligible for you know the election so uh, we're not we're being critical obviously we'll come to our own criticism of the ruling party shortly with one particular uh, topic but oh. as i'm saying is that the opposition had to be open to criticism i see them with one of a particular uh political correspondent or political vocalist in hopewell he, he criticizes both sides but when he criticizes the opposition he's hammered um, as long, of course, he's hammered when he criticizes the ruling party. But I think oh, both parties should be open to criticism. Criticism will help uh, both parties improve the country. What well, yeah. they, don't, they don't seem to look at it that way. But um, yeah. bad politics. 
Well, it's it's bad politics to say if someone criticizes you, you come for their head. <laughs> so where is the dialogue? Where is the growth? Because criticism brings in that growth that we need as a country. Because if you look at it this way, the, even opposition, even before they can assume power, they need to bring developments to the country in terms of unifying both the, the opposition and the ruling uh, supporters. That's their job, to bring people together and also win the, 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 the hearts of uh, those who are on the fence and those uh, who are also of the ruling party. And the ruling party's job is also to win the opposition's hearts. Uh, so with the opposition, uh, as I stand, I'll say for the for how many years have they been the opposition and is there any development that they have to show for? And for the ruling party, uh, I think uh, during the pre-recording, uh, Captain Pew, you were talking about the roads and uh, the other developments. Uh, is there you know, proper development to warrant their re-election. Well, some people would argue that um, they are they are doing a few things. Um, obviously, the airport, like you you mentioned, um, the roads, um, uh, the dams. Um, the, the question is 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 it is it enough considering um, the wealth that Zimbabwe has and the amount of business that they've um, you know that they've um, attracted is the development enough? Because um, obviously considering that Zimbabwe is under uh, sanctions and all these things, people will argue that uh, these guys are trying to do the best that they can. But always, there are always going to be questions because, you know, we have poor health delivery, we have uh, um, poor sewer systems, we have poor um, water uh, situation. There's a lot of things that we can point out um, that have not been dealt with, uh, but we see the money is being diverted to other things that you you would think are not very important, but uh, they would choose to do that first rather than fix uh, dire situations that are affecting the the the, the normal person on or you know or on the streets. Yeah, for example, I think uh, you know. You know, it's a bo it's a boxing reference. We started with boxing in the show. Um, you know, Floyd Mayweather was recently in the country. Yes. You know, good on him. He's popular. He's been successful. Fifty and all. You know, taking punches. All the wealth and all the success to him, uh, to Floyd Mayweather. Uh, but that trip, according to sources and reports, whether it's social media, if it's true, mm -hmm. that a million dollars was spent just for him to be in the country for. Was it? Uh, if, between 48 hours and 72 hours yeah. and went to do a boxing show. Um, I don't believe there was a building which was even commissioned to say we're going to build <laughs> a, a Floyd Mayweather boxing for that particular uh, area or, or location in, uh, in Mavuku. So those are the type of things where um, it was mainly people from the ruling party who brought them there. Would not that uh, suppose it, uh, through the public funds or is it public funds or private funds? Whether it's private funds, okay. Whether okay, you're saying yeah, you're, you're trying to be voted as a member of the ruling party. You've used your private funds. Why don't you use your private funds? Okay, people can do whatever they want with their money. 
We don't tell you what to do with your mind. But with whole consciousness, some of those people don't have proper running water, don't have proper um, sewage systems. And you bring an individual to do a, a boxing show without even building a building for the future. A showcase. <laughs> so that's the criticism. And also, uh, Joe, you alluded, that's one point. Joe, you alluded to say the opposition have, a, have done a project. Some of the opposition will say it's not conducive for us to do any projects because we'll be targeted. So yeah. again, it's a catch-22. Yeah. Yeah. Are, there, are there any cases of uh, them being targeted for, for building a, a chicken project for a village? At the moment, I, I, can't bring anti I, I can't bring antidotal evidence, but they will say that we don't have the opportunity to freely express ourselves as the opposition. Do you think that, that is merit, though? Um, are there any... Cause, cause, um, I doubt. Because if you bring water to ask as a village, uh, even if we are ruling a party or a different party who appreciate <coughs> the, the water because that's the you know, primary or basic hierarchy of need for a society. So uh, you have to go or transcend beyond politics to look and develop the communities because if you come dangling, you know, the roller meal or maize meal or rice or food or beer during campaigns, you're not doing that community a favor. You, you are speaking in an ideal political scenario. They will say the political scenario is not ideal for you to bring a, a sustainable project of, of bringing clean water or having a, a chicken project, as you're saying. They, they may, the, the opposition may say it's not an ideal environment for that. How do you counter that argument if they tell you it's not a, 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 an environment like that? Yeah, I think it's a, it's a, it's a bit of a, a grainy area because I think I've, I've heard my that... Argument, um, my argument is... Yeah, well, go ahead, Joe. Well, my argument was give it a crack and show us proof that it's not working. Come and do it. Because they do have funds that they are accessing through either donors or well-wishers. They do have funds, especially the opposition parties. They, they do also get funds through the government system, the opposition parties. And those funds, we, we don't know where the funds are going. Yeah, yeah. Even when you look at the motorcade itself, not to say that his motorcade has to be flashy, but it, it seems like um, his motorcade um, is, is more well-wishers and uh, donor vehicles that are being uh, used. And when I say donor vehicles, I'm not, used, I'm not talking about uh, donor organizations. I'm talking about from well-wishers, um, people who just say, ah, you know, take my 4 by 4 or do this or do this. You guys go and uh, have a ride. They don't seem to have their own sort of, um, and uh, yes, and, you know, I, I know for a fact that their, their, their building was taken away by, um, was it Monzora? Um, one of the other opposition guys, not to get into all of that, but I know there have been, you know, a few things that have happened to them, but still, I think we need, uh, <clears throat> if you're going to be opposition, you need to step up. You need to show people 
what you're willing to do. You need to show people um, what you say you'll be able to do. You need to be able to at least show it in the lowest possible form. So like uh, Joe is saying, let's get the boho. In, 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 is it Berengua, is it Bikita or whatever? Let's get a ball running. And let's show people that, you know what? We have your, 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 your true, um, um, interest at heart. Exactly. So I, I don't know. But uh, that being said as well, you know, like, like we said, um, yes, um, for, for, for the ruling party, yes, that money that, um, um, Broad money where the, yes, it's not, it's not that, uh, a lot of people argue that's, that's private funds. Yes, it's private funds. But how about if we would have used it better? If we would have said to Lord Floyd Mayweather, come down, uh, mate, we built a, a, a gym, gymnasium or whatever you call it. Um, we, we want to help, um, a youth to do boxing here. Pick out a hundred or whatever, um, under whatever criteria you do, pick out a hundred youth and say, listen, guys, Floyd Mayweather is here. Let's learn how to box. This is how you do it. Um, if there are already guys that are already doing that, give them a one-on-one -on -one with him. You know, sh let him show them um, how it's done. That way, um, you can say you've 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 um, you've you know um, put uh, seeds in the ground in regards to boxing and in regards to helping um, the youth. Uh, run away from, you know, we all know what's happening right now. Uh, a lot of drug abuse happening in, in the, but if you give them something that's going to motivate them and say, listen, maybe after all, I have, um, I have, uh, uh, yeah. after school, I go to the gym, to the exactly. gym. It's something, yeah. we know, where they've got clean water, clean facilities, exactly. it's state of the art. It starts to improve. It's one project, as Joe is saying, it's one investment which changes exactly. but when you see said individuals coming with packets of million meal coming with packets of whatever cooking you know, people need that stuff because they don't have it yeah, but when yeah. it's finished what's going to happen after yeah. you've gone to the shitter what's going to happen yeah You're back to square one yes yeah, it, it seems it's um it's, it's 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 just something that's superficial they do superficial things to get um results and once they get results they turn their backs and they walk away so yeah so to our listeners as i said we're endeavoring to bring some of the um you know political players for the zim election to come and have a chat with us you know they are open it's a free forum uh we have a chat we give them our opinions as i said when we started it's all our unfiltered opinions from the opposition, from the ruling party, you know, some more independent spokespeople like your hopefuls. I would love them to come on the show and have a chat with us and give us the opinion to the lead up to the election. So you can follow us again on YouTube, follow us on the Podbean app. Very soon we'll be doing some live audience shows and we can have a chat. Um, anything else you want to add, gentlemen, in terms of the African geopolitics? Did you see the Julius Malema rally? before we go into the main topic, which people are really here for. Well, let's talk about the Julius Malema run. <laughs> what do you think? FNB Stadium, man, that was jam-packed. Wow, that was that. Ooh, that right? was, wow. Man, there's a, there a lot of things spinning out of that. Um, obviously, there's a lot that the support that he has, mate. That's huge. And then, um, of course, um, um, Elon Musk also coming in with a few comments. They, they sang that song, 
um, I, I don't know what the name of the song is, but I, I think it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a song that was mostly sang during, uh, the, it, you know, it's a, um, apartheid or? yeah, 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 yeah. And then I think, uh, a part of it goes on to say, kill the boar or whatever it says, kill the farmer. And, uh, a lot of people have just jumped onto that and they, they're not happy with, with him, uh, having done that. Um, including Elon Musk. I think Elon Musk has gone on to comment that uh, I think it's about time I met this Julius Malema guy. <laughs> so I'm, it's quite interesting. Um, yeah, look, it, it was their 10-year anniversary. When it started 10 years ago, uh, I think people didn't think it would get this far. He puts pressure on the ANC, even yeah. though, you know, they're still growing. But I think... He's appealing to the masses now of the younger generation. Give it another five years. If he stays strong, stays the course, you know, it may be neck and neck with the ANC. Because, look, some of the ruling parties, the older generation are winning. One of the younger generation like this <laughs> socialist uh, type of, you know, Everyone deserves everything, you know. You don't need to work hard for what you need to do. <laughs> so, yeah, let's let's watch the space. Yeah, let's watch this space with uh, Malema and EFF. But as I said, it was an interesting rally uh, to watch yeah, when really I watched. I'm proud of uh, Malema. Mm -hmm. Yeah, go ahead, Joe. I'm really proud of where he came from because, uh, like I was uh, telling Tina during the pre-production. To say Malema, when he started, he could not even speak properly. Yeah. Now, yeah. He, he's, uh, he's taken himself onto the political platform and uh, he is getting better by day. Yeah, uh, definitely. And see, watch out. But, you know, just coming back to, to the Zim situation, um, you know, what, what someone like Malema has done shows you what you can do with the right sort of um, um, mentorship, uh, political mentorship and what have you. I don't think the Zim opposition has um, um, that mentorship. If they do, I don't think they're actually thinking um, big enough in relation to what ZANU-PF is because ZANU-PF seems to, they know what they're doing when it comes to trying to crush the opposition. They know what they're doing. So what is, uh, you know, that opposition trying to do? Yeah. And so I don't think they're thinking, uh, you know, well enough. Uh, the, the, the people who are responsible for creating um, strategy for them, I don't think they're thinking well enough. Um, uh, but, you know, like I, I said, let's look at what Malema has done. Ten years and look at what he has done. The, the representation that he now has in parliament, these are, these are the results of, of, of 10 years, you know. And um, next year, probably there's a possibility that he's going to get more people in parliament. So it's crazy. Yeah. Let's watch this space again. Let's watch this space for EFF. Let's watch this space with the Niger with situation, which is always constantly changing. Changes are happening. Um, and also, let's watch the space for the Zimbabwe election. Three weeks to go. Yeah, That'd be interesting. All right, I, hope, I just yeah. So, go ahead. Oh, uh, I was just I was just gonna say I hope it's gonna be uh, uh, free of violence. Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's that's always our hope.
We move, we move, we move. Drum roll. <laughs> we move to what everyone wanted to talk about. Uh, I could see Joe moving his hands, speed up, speed up, because he's got his notes there. You know, Tina's has got his notes all pumped up. All that other research they were doing about ECOWAS and all that stuff, they didn't want to really do that. Uh, now, let's talk about falling in love with a sex worker. As I said in our pre-production meeting, anyone is supposed to love the person they love. Uh, sex work is an occupation. Someone can turn around that I don't want my uh, partner or my child to uh, be married or be in a relationship with a mortician because they deal with dead bodies. In our culture, we don't like people who touch dead bodies. Right? Uh -huh. um, sex work is an occupation. Uh, someone loves that person for who they are because of their job. And that person maybe fell in sex work because that's what they could do. Um, that's what they were able to do. Or that's how they've had to pay uh, their way through university uh, to become a doctor. A lot of people have got so many histories which we don't know. And, uh, you know, disparaging people or <laughs> saying the social norm because my said partner uh, was, is, or formerly a sex worker, to me, doesn't make sense. Uh, because, sex works, because sex work takes up multiple forms. Obviously, you know you've got your traditional prostitution, pay cash service, you've got your escort service. Sex work is only fans. Are you going to disparage uh, someone's partner because they do webcam service on OnlyFans or they are a porn star? Well, I think, uh, I think, uh, like you've uh, broken down sex work, um, to, to notably three different, uh, um, you, you spoke of traditional where you walk up to somebody, you pay, you get your, you enjoy your, 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 <laughs> your free, whatever, uh, few minutes of, uh, fun. And then you, there's the escort where you, you you know uh sometimes this escort business doesn't even involve uh um, you know any sexual act or anything of that sort um and then you you, you have now now there's a lot of um, um online on or um online um you know services that are being provided um and and, and i think it's it, it all depends on on first and foremost um the culture from where we come from in a lot of countries prostitution is okay uh, they are okay with it you know we talk of thailand we talk of these countries they're okay with uh they've you know a, a lot of people are actually uh, doing this thing there um it's actually i think in thailand is actually a tourist tourist uh, uh thing you know um but when you go to most of africa that is still a bit traditional uh <laughs> That is nonsensical <laughs> for you to 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 have um, you know to be. <laughs> Can I just counter? You see, yeah. I, I I want to be sort of a devil's advocate. Is isn't that the the backward region, the backward ways of some of uh, the cultures or our cultures back in Africa? Um, you might say, you know, pre-production meeting, I'll take, I'll, I'll steal some of Joe's notes. You were saying that you don't live in a vacuum. You live with other people, but <laughs> <laughs> your, your relationship is your relationship with your partner. 
uh, at the end of the day. It's, it's the two of you. You're the ones who are going to spend each other time. You might visit uh, mom, dad, grandma, grandpa, you know, all that stuff. But at the end of the day, it's all about the two of you. So whether you, you are comfortable with your partner uh, being in sex work, then that's your choice. You don't no. need other people to <laughs> <laughs> to to sway yes. you and so change your, your let position. Let me come back with that. Uh, I'll come back again with that uh, vacuum pill. Uh, you might say it's just the two of you who have agreed to have loved each other. Uh, but when you visit your family, you want them to accept you. It's, uh, it's innate yeah. in you. Yeah. To want to be accepted. All right? If they don't accept you because of that relationship, it will affect you psychologically, emotionally. You have stress that they're not accepting my partner who is a, you know, a sex worker. Oh, the so, choices. <laughs> shirt, whether you like it or not, your choice will influence how people look at you and how people look at you also impact your position in a society even if you say it's just you and your partner but you live in a society with a culture if whatever you do is outside the norms of that culture you are an outcast in that cultural context <laughs> <laughs> okay, who, who, who has who has decided the social norms of culture? It's other people's perception and indoctrination of how we were raised, right? You can call it indoctrination, right? So I can decide, I've got free will to say that this indoctrination, which has come from my culture, X culture, Y culture, I don't really believe in it. I don't really find it worthwhile it's not benefiting me right so i'm comfortable with my it's not benefiting you it's not benefiting me and i'm comfortable with my only fans partner right yes. she goes on he yes. or she goes on the webcam they play with whatever dildos whatever they do yes they're bringing in revenue yes it's their income so it's their also occupation be that's comfortable my... with your friends as communicating it <laughs> so they're not really your friends because that situation be, because your friends cannot excommunicate you because guys who, guys who do, you do, you, do you know that uh <laughs> it's not only <laughs> i was i was reading all oh, man this is crazy as as, as we're looking at a post on instagram where uh, somebody <laughs> their father their father was invested something like six seven thousand pounds on on their 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 their, their, their platform looking at them naked like their father can you imagine that <laughs> so so yeah joe you could say someone will excommunicate you but i i i i understand now that uh, there are other people who could actually partake into <laughs> into the thing that you're actually doing and i, I think it's crazy <laughs> you see you see you see my other point right we'll go back to our our our, our other production notes right don't you con consider this sex work? You've taken out said uh, partner out for a date. You've paid for dinner. You've bought them a nice dress. You've paid for the hotel room. You've fulfilled the act. Mm -hmm. 
you've paid for a service, isn't it? Yeah. So basically yeah. they're a sex worker, isn't it? It's crazy how um, <laughs> the dynamics of dating have, have changed over time because, um, again, I, I watch a lot of podcasts and one of the podcasts I was watching, they were actually talking about this and, and the girls that were on that podcast were actually saying, uh, to this is about high quality men and they were saying they've been on dates with a guy who would buy them a dress for the date um, send a car to pick them up for that date, pay for the date. Um, uh, and after all of that is said and done, they would turn around and even say, I don't want you. It's okay. Walk away. Um, or, and most of them rather have now begun saying, this is now the norm for you to be able to take me out on a date. You should say, um, you should buy me the dress for the date. And you should pay. You should also come and pick me up, um, and then pay for the date. And then these dates are not going to, you know, the, the 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 small restaurant. These are like big dates. They want a steak. They want um, lobster. They want a wagyu A five. Exactly. <laughs> you know. And then so yeah. At the end of the day, when you then go. Um, when you then go to, to, to say, okay, my business, can you sort me out, please? Um, you know. <laughs> so, I, I, so aren't you dating a sex worker then? It's different because you, because they are not doing that every day. How do you know that? Maybe they're doing that with three, four other five guys. Oh, that one is difficult. Uh -huh. That one is difficult. <laughs> <laughs> that one is difficult. So, as I said, you never know. That's why I'm saying that. People who've accepted the, the, the relationship, if it's the individuals, the two of them, and they've accepted each other, that should be respected. From uh, parents all the way to siblings, respect that. That's my opinion. Um, I know Joe and, uh, and Tina are just looking at me. <laughs> I wish I could share this video file the way you're holding it. <laughs> this guy, <laughs> what is he going on about? <laughs> you know, um, you yeah. know uh it's 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 not an easy thing uh let me take a little bit backwards a little bit and uh, let's just focus on sex work itself uh, you find uh, that it it only happens in uh, some situations where in some instances it could be uh, coming from trauma that someone ends up in uh, sex work or uh, financial troubles from that in sex work. But uh, there is evidence that uh, the sex work can result in trauma similar to PTSD like a stranger's experience. Uh -huh. And if someone engages in sex work, they have emotional baggage. And you, as a partner, Tying up yourself with someone with emotional baggage, it's a lot of work on your part and on their part. So you end up with uh, a situation where there is no trust in that relationship. One, and there is always uh, a higher chance of uh, your separation or divorce when uh, one partner is a sex worker. 
not discrediting that because someone has had a spudum versus sex worker, they are better in some aspects. Look at that. <laughs> look, man, I agree with you, Joe. Uh, look, uh, there's always going to be an issue. However, yeah, we come to the cost benefit analysis. Are you, are you happy to do with the emotional baggage that comes with all that? Are you happy to come? To, to go ahead with the jealousy that comes with that. Imagine your partner is going to work uh, tonight and we're going to have uh, a beautiful lady as their, as their custom. Or your partner is going on the heaven of beautiful, uh, well-endowed man as their <laughs> client. That jealous, you, let's this reality that's outside you know what the society is uh you know seeing you as the emotionally damaged man for going for a sex worker or emotionally damaged women <laughs> export murder we, we all know what they call those type of guys eh? <laughs> 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 we said the word in the so, protection meeting <laughs> <laughs> because I feel I feel like uh, there's definitely damage if you're going to uh, you know accept things like that happening. There's definitely some sort of psychological, emotional damage that is because uh, there's no way that you're going to accept that uh, the person that you you are with um, is is doing things to other people that um, uh, traditionally are supposed to be for you. So. I don't know. I, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I don't know. But you see, as I said, as uh, Amagen's podcast is, is is growing, the platform is growing. We're fortunate to have some listener mail. Oh, all right, because they knew this topic was coming, and uh, you know, in the discussions, we've just agreed to abbreviate. We won't share too much details, but we'll abbreviate what they said. That um, I'm married to a lovely uh, former client of mine. Right, and we've been married for twenty three years. In those twenty three years, this uh, particular sex worker was active in the industry for at least seven years whilst they were married, and there was no forms of jealousy, no issues, no brokenness. Right? Yes, this particular said customer came from another marriage because their partner had left them and cheated on them. So we can side with Joe's point to some point that this partner was a broken person and found comfort in the sex world. And you could say there are two broken people found comfort, but they're saying they've been married together for 23 years with no issues. Yeah. Yeah. That's a tough one, mate. Yeah, <laughs> it's, a, it's a very good, you know, this is commendable. They've done a good thing. And uh, their situation, both their situations, they are the cause for that. Yeah. And uh, this gentleman uh, who was divorced, uh, they've got uh, a emotional email trauma from their previous marriage. Exactly. And a sex worker is someone who is experienced 
in dealing with such in situations. So this is a professional working with their client for a long-term relationship. So they're still bound by their sex worker client contract where the sex worker is actually doing a very good service, giving that gentleman some comfort for 23 years. She deserves some, uh, you know, reports. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, uh, look, as I said to our listeners here, say, continue to send us your messages. It's this discussion would like to have it on a live audience show, one of our first live audience shows. Uh, talking about falling in love with a sex, sex worker. But these gentlemen ran away from my point. We spoke about it in the pre-production meeting <laughs> about <laughs> someone who wants X, Y, Z before they have uh, intimacy with you. Would you classify that person? Yes, you've not given them cash, but you've bought all these other things. Basically, you've fallen in love or you've uh, been aroused by some sort of sex work. You've worked to have that sex. That's that's as as modern day sex sex work, brother. We we, you know, even the younger people um, want um, they want things that they know they can't get. Um, so instead, they will give you what they they know you want. So so that you can give them what they want. So in essence, there's there's it might not be cash directly. It might be clothes, it might be a car even. Some have even gone to the length of getting houses. Um, but th 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 there's still something for sale here, which they then offer to give to the person who has uh, what they want or who can give them what they want. So it's definitely prostitution. But what I would say is, what I would say is, um, some of these are actually better off than walking to somebody on the street because you, you get some sort of, um, um, you know, satisfaction because some of these people end up actually like dating for some time or even um, yeah, becoming married. Okay, sorry to interrupt. So you're trying to say that this type of arrangement creates a, a psychological contract. Is that what you're trying to say? In a way, yes, because um, yes. So, what if that person has got four or five marriage, similar, marriage similar psychological is, is contracts? Similar to prostitution as well. That is never <laughs> similar to prostitution. No? <laughs> Elaborate. You're paying for whatever you're getting. You're paying for what you're getting. At home, you're not paying for for food, for accommodation, <laughs> for you know, you're paying for what you're getting. Oh. <laughs> yeah, but that one is long-term prostitution and uh, <laughs> acceptable in our society. Yeah. There's, there, there's nobody who's going to come to you if, if you're not giving them something. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, the, yeah. so to cut the whole story imagine, short, you are, you are in love paying, with, the, if with you the some kind of sex work. <laughs> is, that, is that what you're saying? What are you, what are you, what are you, in, 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 in some sort of a way... Uh -huh. in 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 life you are you're in love with a sex worker uh not necessarily because sex yes, work but level of sex work exactly because you've professionalized it and now you've uh you are now accepting cash tokens specifically and purely for that 
exchange mm-hmm. than the definition of sex work. Okay, yes. Yes, that's brilliant. If I, you do I that agree. with your girlfriend, you have to give some, some tokens, some no. groceries, some takeaway, some... Uh, with your choking... <laughs> there are things that are done. There are things that are done in community of the relationship, my brother. There are things that are done. Like, uh, hey, let's go out for lunch. I'm going to buy lunch. It's being done in community of the relationship. But the things, what we're talking about is the things that uh, outright become um, prerequisites of certain things or certain acts. So uh, if you say, okay, uh, listen, uh, Come, let me do this, and then that person says, "Ah, no, you have to buy me food." Then that's pay. You're pretty much paying. You're pretty much paying. Um, you know, if if uh, they say, "Ah, oh, you, you know, I I think you're a beautiful woman, and I would like uh, to, you know, coach you, or whatever," and then they say, "Ah, no, me, I don't do that anymore." But if you want, me, I'm so tired of walking uh, barefoot. I want a car. And then if you buy them, if you buy me a car, I will be more than willing to to be with you. Then that's again, that's now paying for something. That's, that's not being done in community of the relationship. So largely saying that's prostitution 101. So look, there's a research article from 2015. It says the impact of sex work on uh, personal romantic relationships and the mental health and the mental separation of uh, their work and personal lives, a mixed method study, right? And it, it does the research of 55 uh, sex workers. I think we spoke this in the pre-production meeting when Melbourne, Australia, it was a self-report questionnaire, various aspects uh, about their work, including impacts on sex work. And just to break it down and summarize everything, it says most of the women, 78% reported that overall sex work would be affected their personal romantic relationships in predominantly negative ways, mainly relating and stemming from lying, trust, guilt, and jealousy. So there's a study. It's obviously it's a small study, a small sample, but there is uh, proof that it does cause issues yeah. in certain relationships. Of course, there's the other 22% who say they feel confident and their self-esteem and their relationship is going well. And 51% reported that their partner was aware of the nature of their work. And if you read the full study, in the full, we'll, we'll put the link um, on our socials. It says that they separated. It was an occupation. So hence when I started, to some it's an occupation. So would you disparage someone because of the occupation they've chosen? Brother. Uh, I think it all depends on on <laughs> on what you value. I think it all depends on what you value. So, um, yeah, look, it, yeah, it depends on what you value uh, as an individual. But oh. as I said, there's some antidotal. You know, again, as I said, it's a small study uh, which was done um, about that. That, of course, you know, there was a bit of a if. Uh, it affected some of their relationships. To some, it boosted confidence. So it's a catch twenty-two. Uh, yeah, but look, man, if you if you're going to be a man who's willing to have, uh, uh, for example, if you're going to be a man who's willing to have your your woman ravished by other people, 
uh, for whatever length of time. And then she comes back to you and then you, 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 you welcome her and say, listen, uh, uh, welcome back, honey, I kiss you, you do whatever. Knowing fully well what she was doing, doing fully well. This is the example, eh? So if you're that type of person who would do that, then I, I believe there is some sort of psychological um, issue that is going on there because naturally as a man, um, ego uh, would not allow you to do that. Um, so if you don't have that amount of, you know, um, do's or don'ts in your life that will allow you <laughs> to allow that to happen, then, uh, my guy, I don't know. Um, uh, I, I just think I get it. Things, things do happen in life and there are a lot of people who, who would be doing uh, that, but, I think it's, 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 there's an element of brokenness that is there. Uh, these are two people who are coming together because obviously, uh, for uh, giving an example of a traditional prostitute who goes out into the road, um, you know, to get clients, uh, and get paid. Obviously, when she, uh, when they come back home, they don't have that, um, uh, what's the word that they have that long, longingness because what they are doing out there is business. Wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, pay me. Wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, pay me. And then when you go back home, now you then need that uh, that closeness that, uh, you know, you pull down those walls that you have out there. But at the end of the day, how do you get a, how do you say um, to somebody, I'm okay with you doing that? And then you come back and then say, okay, uh, I also want to do what those people were doing to you uh out there is it going to be the same i don't think so what if what if your what if your particular ego says i want to be better f than what she's what he or she's been getting outside what if she says to you oh, i'm tired i had a long day in the office <laughs> <laughs> what if she's tired mate and, and you're ready to go what do you then say are you going to let other people have that side of her more than you are, but you are the one who's, who she says you're mine, mine <laughs> in quotes, you know? So I don't know. There's an element of brokenness in, in those kind of relationship. Um, it's good. Um, I'm thinking of, I gave you, I gave you the study 20%, 22% or 20% of the yeah. life we're in a comfortable relationship. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's people who've come. To, it's broken people who've come together with with that. I'm give. Uh, I want to talk about something. I want to talk about. I I read. Um, I think it was a video I was watching in Japan. When when you, when they break, uh, when there's vases that break, they they have this way that they had of um, um, putting back the vases together with. Uh, if I if if I believe if I'm right, correct, uh, they they uh, stitch the back the vase with gold um i don't know if it was a pure gold or it was just something that looked like gold so that you could still see that this thing was broken but in its brokenness it has been restored so these people are broken yes uh they have been restored and yes they can have a relationship with this person or this person but we can't still deny the element of brokenness because they the things that they are doing do not constitute as being normal. So there's an element of brokenness 
But at the same time, that brokenness is probably healed because they now have somebody who they call their own. And I believe it, uh, you're also speaking about somebody who, or maybe let me, <laughs> let me not jump the gun here, but uh, I believe you also talked about um, uh, people who have been, you know, clients and then they go away for a long time and then they come back and then they get married and then you've you've alluded into the next uh <laughs> thanks 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 for segueing to another, <laughs> to another listener man <laughs> yeah well i just wanted to put it in there mate <laughs> that's 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 the value of having three co-hosts you help uh, segue us to <laughs> when i'm enjoying because i was now in a train of thought because i wanted to counter attack you so <laughs> so Thank you for segueing us to another <laughs> listener mail. <laughs> um, again, so again, yes, uh, they say they fell in love with the client, uh, met them in their early twenties. Uh, initially, the, initially there was no spark. Uh, both the client and uh, sex worker went different places, in different towns, different states, um, but they really, both of them returned back to their home states um, and immediately there was a spark. But when the sex worker returned, they returned still as a sex worker. They continued working again three years after forming a relationship with this former client who they had reconnected after many years, right? And it came to a term that she had, they had to stop and they've now been married for several years, right? So there was no brokenness, there was no broken relationships, there was nothing. There was a spark, there was a reconnection, people who met each other, and now they're happily married. I think here there's an element of um, familiarity. It's something you know, it's something that you... Yeah, but it counters your argument about people being broken. There's no element of broken. There are people who are self-confident in themselves. You know, no, no, no. Well. The element of brokenness comes in psychologically. How? These people are self-confident. How are they self-confident, mate? There's, there's, there's no brokenness. If you can't go out there to get yourself a girl, right, to marry, okay, but and then you go out and you get somebody they've, who's they've, slipping they've, around, they've met, there's no met, confidence there. They didn't meet in the, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the act of service. They've met, they've bumped into each other uh, in, a, in a social environment. Yeah, but you know what they're doing. Yeah, but you know what they're doing, but you've enjoyed what they've provided. Exactly. There's chemistry. Exactly. And she was uh, he was a client. So there's familiarity there. Yeah, but he knows no, he no knows what she's doing. Yeah, but there's no you can't say there's brokenness. No, mate. This guy went for what um he was comfortable with and he enjoyed. was comfortable with and, and he enjoyed. enjoyed. Okay. Yeah. So you're telling me that in that in that span of that uh, 10 years where they were not together um he didn't he have other uh, escapades he maybe he was paying for other ones muscle memory <laughs> <laughs> oh my word joe <laughs> <laughs> you remembered brother but I, 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 I just want to say, man, after so long, I don't know if the muscles were still holding, brother. <laughs> that's what I'm just saying, guys. That's what I'm just saying, that this, this topic is a very fast topic. There are people who are comfortable with it. There are people who are not comfortable with it. And we need to have that openness 
not to have to say you know i grew up in this x y religious um you know social you know backward environment i won't condone my mate doing that if your mate if if they're truly your mate you can advise them look we won't won't be comfortable with xyz however that doesn't stop you being mates that doesn't stop you being a brother that doesn't stop you being a sibling that's my perspective as we are wrapping up the discussion because we want to have a live audience discussion about this falling in love with a sex worker is it bad is it wrong in these times people it's an occupation people are entitled to do what they do joe what do you say give us your closing argument then we'll go to tinas and then we'll we'll wrap up for this week of amagents podcast for me it's it's quite hard for me to keep a straight face and not laugh in a situation like this you're just laughing and meeting like you I'm did last year in my my perspective we find like tinas are saying for you to actually stoop that law and uh, you know get married to a sex worker it speaks volumes about you it speaks volumes about your brokenness and the bother stops the whole relationship brings for including trust issues jealous issues emotional uh, trauma issues uh, it's it's a hard decision to make to actually you know, decide to say I want them to get married to a sex worker with all this after all this informed you know uh decision making process to say I'm going to go still go with it despite the trauma by doing we've just lost Joe there <laughs> well, he dropped out hey you just lost him yeah. so Tina's yeah but um yeah just just to touch uh more what he was saying yeah I, I feel like it all depends on on the nature of the post of the prostitution because um I'll give an ex- a very good example like in Amsterdam we all know there's a red light district there mm-hmm. and um some of those girls are just dancing in windows they're naked they're doing whatever a very good example is uh, another example is uh, in, in the United States in Atlanta I believe there's a there's, well it happens everywhere else but I'll give an example of Atlanta there, there, there are a lot of strip clubs um women dancing naked uh showing you everything they've got but um you're not allowed to touch you're not allowed to touch there's no contact with um i mean there's contact with the client but the client is not allowed to touch so you know when we talk of these things um you don't mind having um you know some people will be okay with having uh, a, a a partner like that when they know you know what it's just a business they're handling their thing uh, the business has to be about taking off their clothes and doing things to people but there's no actual sexual um uh, you know acts that are done um others will argue yeah but in some clubs that happens well that's another side of that uh but <clears throat> Ultimately, I think it all depends on on what they're doing. Uh, if you are if you are saying you're going to marry somebody who's doing all those things, personally, I believe there's an element of brokenness in you. Um, whether that can be fixed or whether that can be ignored, I don't know. But yeah, there's definitely an element of brokenness there. 
Yeah, so Joe has just come back in here, dropped out because <laughs> his commentary was a bit. <laughs> he was on fire. He was on fire, then he dropped out because his commentary wasn't making sense. So we just had to shut him down for a bit. He's back. You can I continue there. It flammable there. No, thank you for coming back. Tina's was giving an example of, you know, Amsterdam in the red light district where, you know, they are behind the glass, you know, strip clubs with the, the your clients are not allowed to touch, you know, the said stripper. And then you're saying that some people may be comfortable in that sort of a marriage because they know they're just dancing. There's no, you know, sexual acts or anything or penetration. But how do you know it's not happening after the fact? What if someone is attracted to said client? Because people have got emotions. Uh, males, females, you're attracted. It's not to say you're married to someone, you don't love them. But when you see something new, fresh, you always be attracted to that. So that, 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 that act can happen after the fact. You might believe they've been dancing, they've been given tips, they've been given you know, cash you know, in their lingerie and stuff. Yeah, but that's different though. Yeah, but if, you, if you fail to then say what exactly you're doing, then <clears throat> that says a lot about what sort of union and it goes into the whole element of brokenness because you, you, in, in, in a sense, you're, you're a liar. You, you're lying to the person that, that you're saying you love. Say what you're doing right? This is what I'm doing. And let the, your partner know that this is what I'm doing. If you're going to sleep with some of the people, say, uh, occasionally it happens. Okay. But, Word, if, Tinas, yeah, but if, if it's, if it's what we see on the, on the streets uh, or on videos or anything, we will know that uh, those girls are not allowed to be touched. Uh, you see them in the window. Um, and, and, you know, if you want to get in, I'm sure there's others that you can touch and you can do whatever. But if your woman is the one that says, I don't touch that. And she's ultimately told you, this is what I do. And this is what I, I, uh, this is how I work. Then, you know, and if you trust it that much, then yeah, go for it, brother. But if not, you're broken. If you allow things like this, <laughs> you are broken. We, we, we have to continue this discussion another time. We won't stop. <laughs> I'll always bring counter arguments. Uh, as I said, we're not for this side or that side. It's people's yeah. opinions, people's perspective. So again, we'll give you our socials one more time. Uh, before we do that, I want to thank Tina's and Joe, amazing co-hosts. They help me uh, segue to the main topics. <laughs> you know, <laughs> listening in my uh, chain of thought is trying to counter their arguments. So we want to thank them for uh, this week's uh, episode. As I said, watch our socials, watch our Facebook and Twitter at Amagens Podcast. We'll be talking about our soon upcoming interviews, soon upcoming live audience shows. Watch this space. Again, follow us on YouTube at Amagens Podcast. Follow us on Facebook at Amagens Podcast. Follow us on uh, your podcast, favorite podcast platform. You can find us on Spotify. You can find us on iHeartRadio uh, at Amagens Podcast. And of course, you can find us on YouTube at Amagens Podcast. Thank you so much to all our lovely listeners. Have a lovely week and we'll catch each other again on another episode of Amagens Podcast. Cheers. Cheers, gents. Cheers. Cheers.